Hi there, my name is Zach. And I'm Rin. And welcome to Quid Pros Quo. Today we're talking about naming conventions. I don't know about you, but coming up with names for characters is one of the things that causes me the most stress oh, when really? I'm trying to write something. Oftentimes I'll do like a little bracket where I say insert name here and then close the bracket so that when I'm coming back later, I can, you know, do a little control F and find where I have those brackets to then go in later and figure out all of the all of the names. Because I'm just not super comfortable with pulling names out of thin air. So naming conventions are something that I have used inside of my writing to help me be a little bit more on top of making sure that everybody in my story has a name. Yes, I understand the struggle of like pulling names out of thin air but i just do a lot of research beforehand yeah. so i'm not like i don't have to pull them out of the thin air so so, so process is important process right? is super important if you're more of a if you're more of a planner then you like you said rin you're going to have more research beforehand but if you lean more towards pantsing like i often do i'll get you know part of the way through and be like oh i need to add another character and then you don't have a name for them. And then you can go to your naming convention mm -hmm. in order to figure this out. So let's talk about what a naming convention is. Yeah. So a naming convention lends cohesion to your world. It is sort of a family of names from which you can draw from to make your world make sense. One of my naming conventions in my current work in progress called Witch's Blood, the witch's covens their last name is derived from the first initials of their name. So in a family, in a coven of three families, the initials are C, R, and N. Their last name is Cerny. And then all the women within like one family either have C names or R names or N names. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's really cool. So you mentioned how that's your naming convention inside of your, inside of your fantasy world. And that is a rule that you have created in order to kind of lend structure to how you go about it. Exactly. Uh, so there's a lot of ways we can create naming conventions for alternate worlds. I would say there's a lot more leeway in alternate worlds than there is if you're writing a story based in our world. Yeah, for sure. It's very genre specific. So if you're looking at a story set inside of our world, um, you're going to want to stick to names that are, you know, that are reasonable. Not necessarily names that people have heard before, but that actually exist out inside yes. of the world. A uh, website that I use when I'm doing, uh, when I'm writing a story that is set inside of the, inside of the real world, um, is BehindTheName.com. They have a sister site called BehindTheSurname.com. And those two sites are really helpful because when I go there, I'm not going to get a whole bunch of ads for like diapers and baby wipes and that sort of thing because it's not a baby naming site. It's yes. just a it's just a dictionary. No shade on the baby naming sites. You can <laughs> use a baby naming site if you need to. Um, but though that's one of my go-to resources when mm -hmm. I'm looking at real world names because I have the option of narrowing down the types of cultures I'm looking for. So if I am looking for, for example, if I'm looking for a Spanish name for you know, my work in progress that centers around Latino characters, then I can go to behind the name, I can say I'm looking for Spanish names, and then I can go through and I can look at the names that are popped up and I can filter them according to male or female or neutral. And that gives me a lot of material to work with when I'm deciding, oh, well, I'll name 
you know, I'll name this guy Manuel and this guy I'll name Alejandro um, rather than needing to generate that on my own. Exactly. And I think what another perk of behind the name is it also has the name's meaning. Yes. So you can add like symbolism to your names. Mm -hmm. So in our world, using behind the name or behind the surname is a really great way to generate your names. We have some examples of names using using names to display character traits? Yeah, so this was something that was a lot more common in the 19th century, so um, Dickens and sort of his era of writers would use names in order to clue the, the reader in to some characteristic about, about the person. Um, this convention, while it is more common when you're looking at more... Um, literary fiction? More literary fiction and older fiction, it still exists. Um, one of the examples that comes to the top of my head is uh, um, one of the Star Wars animated series, um, Rebels, has a character named Hera. And Hera is a mother figure inside of the series. And Hera is uh, the Roman name for... Um, no, it's not. It's, it's the, the Greek, Greek name. name. <laughs> um, is uh, a Greek goddess who is a goddess of, you know, a family of of um, childbirth and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So there's kind of that mirroring in between in between the two of them. Yeah, which shows one way you can pull naming conventions out of real-world mythology. Mm -hmm. That feels like an oxymoron, real-world mythology. Yeah. Um, but, like, you can... Like, I have a another work in progress, and it's... The tagline for it is Greek mythology, dystopian sci-fi. Yeah. So I'm using, like, a lot of Greek stuff and, like, Greek mythology, and so all my... Most of my names are being pulled from old Greek gods. Yeah, and so you've come up with another rule that you can use for for your naming convention, and that's one of the one of the things that you can do to create your own naming convention is that you can use languages that maybe your readers or viewers aren't as familiar with. Um, so I'll go back to Star Wars since I'm a huge Star Wars nut. As you should be. But many of the many of the character names actually have meanings inside of kind of these niche languages. Um, couple of examples. Um, Obi means heart inside of this kind of niche language that I can't name off the top of my head. Um, Yoda means warrior. And Vader is father. If you speak German, then that's not really a, a huge stretch um, because the, you know, the German word for father is Vater. So it's just one step over and you just switch the T to a D um, and you get Vader. Um, so you can do that when you're when you're doing your renaming convention, where you can say, okay, I'm going to use, you know, I'm going to use elements of language from um, maybe Quechua or um, or Hawaiian or you know some of these smaller languages that people aren't as familiar with, but it still gives you that kind of. Uh, coherence inside of your story. Exactly. And it, if you're using that language, you can also pull that culture in. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned Hawaiian. I have a Polynesian-inspired work in progress, which is super fun. I haven't worked on it in a long time. But you, I am using the language to create a culture behind the name. Mm -hmm. um, and I know, like, Brandon Sanderson does the same thing in the my archives. Like, for example, he has a name symmetry, mm -hmm. where, except for H, where, where H can be, like, any letter. Okay. Um, but it's just kind of this idiosyncratic way to create this meaning in the world. And in 
his world and the specific cultures in the Stormlight Archives is a symmetrical name is holy. Yeah. Uh, and so that is another way to create a naming convention is just to create a culture behind the name. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you mention symmetry being holy because there's an entirely, again, I'm going back to Star Wars, As but in um, one of the uh, old, old um, legends books, um, there's an alien race called the Killix, and all of their names are palindromes as well, oh. but for a completely different reason. <laughs> um, which brings us to the the last possibility that we're going to talk about when it comes to naming conventions, and that is creating a naming language. We're going to talk about um, conlanging or creating constructed languages inside of a separate um, podcast, but just as a little as a little taste of what's coming down the pipe. A naming language is like a, a stripped-down version of a full language that has enough rules to be able to construct words and names for places and things and for people. So if you're going and looking at creating your own naming language, what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to figure out what the sounds of the language are, and you're going to want to figure out what the rules for combining sounds are. If you are familiar with another language, it's going to be helpful to kind of understand how what some combinations of sounds are allowed in certain languages and other languages they're not. Um, for example, in Spanish, you have the enye character, which is an N sound followed directly by a Y sound. In English, we generally don't use that unless we're borrowing a word from Spanish like jalapeno. Yes. Um, but that is a rule that works inside of Spanish. And so if I were trying to create new Spanish words, I know that I could use those two sounds together. Whereas if I'm trying to create new English words, that wouldn't be that wouldn't be allowed. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for taking the lead on conlangs because I have very little experience with it. I've gone to half of a conlang workshop <laughs> one time. Um, but is there any other stuff we want to talk about naming conventions real quick? Um, the only thing that I would say is that if you don't have a naming convention, it's not the end of the world. Um, you know, for some projects, it can it isn't necessary, but in other projects, it ends it lends a sense of realism and completeness to the world that you can't get otherwise. Yeah, I totally agree. It's okay if you don't have a naming convention, but they can be fun to play around with. So you just have to decide if it's right for your project. But anyways, I'll let Zach take us out. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today for Quid Pros Pro. We'll see you next time.